Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, Bulls Nation? And welcome in to the CHGO Bulls Podcast presented to you by PointsBet. Don't forget that promo code CHGO when signing up to live your bet life. I'm Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. That's my guy, Big Dave. He's on Twitter at Bow BWL Sports. We are at CHGO underscore Bulls. Big Dave, how Small are you, Matt. my friend? What, what was that that you were just flashing up towards your camera? That's an album. That is Benny Sings. That is a great, great, awesome artist. Actually, Matt, you would really, really enjoy Benny Sings. I, I predict that you will enjoy him very, is very much. Is that the He's... actual album artwork cover, or is that, that is. your attempted remaking of it? Just <laughs> See, like I, I a can't... very lazy doodle. See, I'm not going to make fun of it because I do believe that his little daughter did this. So oh. I'm not going to say anything about it. But, you know, if you want to, you know, berate children, go ahead, no. Matt. You no, know, no, that's no. your thing. I, that's I your thought, thing. Sure. I thought maybe you had started <laughs> instead of putting up albums like you used to do on Locked On back in the day that you are you're doing that you're bringing it back. But instead, you're trying to recreate album covers <laughs> with your own drawing skills. So I wasn't no, going to no. make fun of it. I was just curious. No, this is the album. That's the back of the album. This was my favorite album of 2021. I think 2020, yeah, when it came out. Or 2019, I can't remember. But it was my favorite, favorite album. Benny Sings is awesome. He's not from here. Uh, forget what country he's from, but he is super consistent. He does all his own music. Uh, great singer, great songwriter. He's really excellent. I, I really think you would like him, Matt. It's more like a psychedelic, um, funk, kind of just really cool, dope shit <laughs> like, i am really i am a fan of funk and psychedelic so yeah maybe i'll yeah. have to maybe i'll have to give it a listen yeah. um well happy monday everybody you may notice that things are a little bit different than what we have been doing in the off season we're going to switch things around a little bit usually we have been doing audio only episodes podcast episodes on mondays since the off season hit we're switching things around we will now be doing live episodes remote live episodes on mondays and on Fridays, you guys are going to get your audio-only show per week. And that is going to be us bringing back the old Bulls HQ tandem of Will and our guy, Mark K. Yay. So any of you who are still following this podcast feed because it used to be Bulls HQ, and maybe you're missing just Will and Mark talking Bulls and talking NBA, and or you're sick of me and Dave every once in a while, boom. Moving forward, our Friday episodes through the remainder of the offseason will be just Will and Mark K. Uh, and then that way, Dave and I will be able to take occasional days off during this down period of the NBA calendar. We'll also be able to give Will some days off like today. So you got me a big Dave today, uh, and that will be the plan moving forward. Uh, Fridays will be the return of Bulls HQ episodes with Will and Mark K. Uh, wanted to cover a few different things on today's episode. 
We wanted to talk about the excellent conversation that happened between DeMar DeRozan and Draymond Green, good friends and NBA colleagues on Draymond Mm -hmm. Green show, the Draymond Green show uh, late last week. We didn't get uh, have time to get to it last week. Uh, And then we'll also talk about the sad NBA news over the weekend, the passing of NBA legend Bill Russell. Uh, And we'll start there. Big Dave, um, Mm -hmm. I saw this news when I returned to civilization after chilling in a canoe uh, all weekend and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, was very sad to hear this news. I, I, the last time I saw Bill Russell, I can't remember. I want to say maybe it was all-star weekend when he made an appearance. It looked like he was in, you know, in, in poor, poor health, not great mm-hmm. health, certainly looking every bit his age. Um, so maybe not a, a shock that mm-hmm. at age 88, Bill Russell has finally, uh, left us, but it's still sad. You're never really ready for legends of his magnitude uh, to, to move on. Uh, but it was very cool to see all of the various people who are big parts of the NBA have been big parts of the NBA showing their respects to Bill Russell. Uh, what what were your initial thoughts and reactions when we heard that news? Uh, you know what? I wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't devastated. I was more in a, celebratory mood uh when i heard that this happened and maybe it's because he was well i know it was because he was 88 and i think he did pretty much everything he could do while he was here on this earth with us um i don't know what much more he could have done of course you know you know you want him to live forever but you know that's just impossible but if you 88 years is a beautiful time and what he did in those 88 years Matt it just made me want to celebrate him so so much and I was just very proud of Bill Russell you know what I mean just the man I mean it's you know what's dope you can we can have a whole conversation here Matt about Bill Russell and we can break it in halves and have a whole conversation about his basketball career and then I have a whole conversation about his career outside of basketball. And it's fun. And that's what's amazing about him. You don't even have to touch one subject or another to be affected by Bill Russell. You know what I'm saying? So for me, it's basketball. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, it was basketball that, that got me, you know, into him uh, initially because um, my father, you know, who was the reason I fell in love with basketball anyway, was a huge Bill Russell fan. He talked about Bill Russell and Wilt Chamberlain constantly. And he raved about Bill Russell, but he would always talk about Bill Russell and his political side and his political views and what he stood for and what he stood against and the kind of man that he was. So it started with the basketball and how incredible he was there. But then it also turned into how amazing he was just as a man. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I agree. And like, yeah, while we were getting ready to talk about this this sad news, I was jotting down notes, and I have a Bill Russell basketball accomplishments column, <laughs> and I have a Bill Russell being an amazing human being and activist column, and <laughs> like in in some ways and in a lot of ways they oversect, and that's why uh, or or they they um, overlap, and that's why it's always interesting when I I hear some sports fans only want to talk about uh, athletes contributions on the court on the field on the diamond wherever and Mm -hmm. do not care at all about what they do outside of their profession of playing the sport because 
to me, the the biggest and best icons in the world of sports are the ones who have an impact greater than how much did you win and how much mm-hmm. did you help your league grow? How much did you make the fans of the teams you played for happy because you were so good at what you did? There's so much more and so much beyond that. But let's start with just yeah. the I, – I think Russell is one of the greats of – years and decades and generations past that younger NBA fans overlook suit like way too easily when people mm-hmm. are talking about okay who are who are the 10 best NBA players of all time who are the top five NBA players of all time and a lot of younger NBA fans would like to throw names like not only LeBron who I think we all agree deserves to be there but maybe Kevin Durant or Steph mm-hmm. Curry mm-hmm. into that top 10 top five category while completely leaving out names like Bill Russell, like Elgin Baylor, like Oscar Robertson, like Wilt, just and, and, like, especially Bulls fans who, and you, you and I are on the same page, Michael Jordan, greatest of all time. When it comes to NBA basketball, six for six in the NBA finals, nobody yeah. did it like MJ greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. Russell won 11 titles. <laughs> Russell won 11 titles, including eight in a row. I mean, two, three Pete's is pretty impressive. Eight in a row, more impressive. Oh, no question about it. He also won two of those as a player coach. Correct. Correct. And then, you know, just to rattle off a few more things from his basketball accomplishments resume, 11-time All-NBA selection, in addition to being an 11-time champion, five-time NBA MVP, 12-time All-Star. He won the All-Star game MVP. He had one All-Defensive team selection. Not only did he win those two titles as a player coach, he was inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame as a player and as a coach. (laughs) Oh, and by the way, he was also the captain of a gold medal winning USA basketball team in the Olympics in 1956. Mm -hmm. And that was after he won two national championships at the collegiate level for San Francisco. The dude's huh. resume is a freaking quadruple roll of toilet paper long. <laughs> You're like, you could just keep going and going and going. The man is and was a legend when mm-hmm. it came to what he did on a basketball court. Oh, by the way, one of my favorites, 10 for 10 victories in game sevens in the playoffs. Say that. Say that. You know, and, and you leaving out uh, two things that were, that were always amazing to me. One. Out of those 11 titles, he did that in 13 years. And, and two, he went to the finals 12 times. <laughs> it's only one year he did not go to an NBA finals in his entire career. All right? That is dumb. That is the greatest winner you can think of. All right? I don't care. That's the greatest winner, dog, I, I've ever seen in my life. When I talk about Bill Russell, anytime I spoke about him that, it always was like, in a, in a sense of mythology, you know what I mean? Like, I talk about that a lot when I talk about certain guys who are mythical, you know what I mean, to me. And him and Larry, you're right, uh, Jim Jim Brown is, and uh, Wilt Chamberlain, Jordan, you know what I mean? Those guys are, like, mythical, you know, to me because you can say these things and they just don't sound real, you know what I mean? Like, it just sounds really unbelievable and stupid. And I hate when people would always try to use that argument about plumbers and, you know what I mean, and say all that bullshit. And, mm-hmm. I, and I hate that so much 
because it just lets me know you didn't even take the time to sit and watch basketball and watch the game and watch how it was played and just see the greatness of it and see that that Bill Russell was everywhere on the floor from the top of the key, you know what I'm saying, to inside. He was everywhere on the floor. He guarded anybody, you know what I'm saying, and you couldn't stop him offensively, you know what I mean? Because just like you mentioned, like 11-time All-NBA, but, you know, the defense is what you think of, but it wasn't like he couldn't score. Like, career stats is like 15, 22, and 4. That was his mm-hmm. career stat. Career! That's right. what your career was the week rebounding like five times, I believe. Matt, he had a game. <laughs> I'm saying, looking at this one. He had a game where that man had 23 points and 51 rebounds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, like, come on. <laughs> That's just, that's mythological. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's mythology to me. That's just stuff. So when we always talk about you know your top players and and all that kind of thing, Bill Russell has to be brought up because even when you say it, when I say these things, we had these discussions. Even if he's not even in your top five, like he can't be outside of your top ten, top seven, whatever. It's impossible. Right. You know, right. I question your list. I really do. If if you don't have Bill Russell anywhere in that top ten, you have to have him there. Even on Mount Rushmore, when it comes to that. For me, it's Bill Russell, you know what I'm saying, on Mount Rushmore, man. He right. did those things, bro. And and I mean, just the level, the greatest center at that time was going up against was Will Chamberlain. You know, he was a freak of nature. He hated, you know what I'm saying, going against Bill Russell. Bill Russell used to get him the business, man. Right. And Okay, and one more thing, because I know, I feel like I'm talking too long. That last game, man, when he was the player coach, it's probably the championship I think of the most when he was a player coach because they played the Lakers and it was game seven and the Lakers had, I just remember the story that Bill tells all the time. The Lakers had the balloons in the rafters Mm -hmm. because they were ready to celebrate and ready to get in it. And, you know, Boston was on their last leg, you know, Bill Russell, you know what I mean? They're on their last leg, you know, as a team, they're old, you know what I mean? And Bill Russell said he went in that huddle and he told them, I don't want to see a single damn balloon fall tonight. All right. Not one of those balloons are falling here tonight. And they went out and they did it and they won. That stuff is championship stuff, man. That's the stuff that, that will to win. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That you can't measure in people. Bill Russell had that man. Just yeah. Globs. I mean, absolutely terrorized Wilt Chamberlain. Wilt Chamberlain, everybody knows was kind of a party animal who was also really good at basketball. Bill Russell was more along the the mindset of MJ or 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 Kobe Bryant in that you know life's not about partying and having a good time. I want to win, damn it. So mm-hmm. whereas Wilt may have been more physically gifted, Bill Russell got the better of Wilt more, way more often than not because of the competitor that he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colin in the comments saying, "How how could I not know about the gold medal? Of course he has one of those too." <laughs> yeah, quick fun fact on that. The so he was the captain of that team USA who won the gold medal in the 56 Olympics. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, everybody talks about the dream team and that being the explosion of NBA basketball to a global brand, and that's certainly true. And mm-hmm. that 92 Barcelona USA team mopped the floor with everybody. That 56 gold medal team that Rus- Bill Russell was the captain of mopped people even harder. Average margin mm-hmm. of victory in their games in which they won all eight between group play and then the rounds towards the gold medal, 53 and a half average mm. margin of victory, 
53 mm. and a half on Russell's gold medal USA team. Um, speaking of what you said about the, the sort of the yeah, buts of the conversation of guys from the older generations saying, oh, they, they were playing against plumbers and janitors mm. or whatever. People made that argument about MJ and some of those bad expansion yeah. teams yeah. and some of the bad teams of the 90s. That's yeah. true. Um, in the comments, Riz Eagle saying, I'll just say this. It was easier to do those things because there were less teams and less rounds of playoffs. Still impressive, but still has to be put into context. No! So adding, <laughs> adding another, yeah, but. Okay. First of no, all, Riz. I'm sorry. First Go ahead, of, all, first Go of ahead. all, Riz Eagle, it's fewer, not less. <laughs> I'm going to come at you if you use improper grammar, and I do not care if you think that that's annoying. Fewer, not less. Now, Dave, you take it away. <laughs> What's silly about that is name me another team that did it. <laughs> Run them down. Yeah. If you're saying it was lesser teams and it was easier to do and simpler, to, well, then where are the rest of the teams that did it then? Anybody? Raise your hand. No, there's only, oh, there's only one AP in NBA history that went on. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, there's only one dude that won 11 championships in 13 years and two as a player coach. Okay. Like, show me where else it was done. Was it done beforehand? Show me the team that went on the run when Naismith created basketball then. Show me the 8-10 championships that happened. It didn't happen. It wasn't normal. Greatness in great is greatness in any era. I don't care the era you're playing in. Greatness is greatness. So what, you're going to remove Jack Johnson from boxing because he fought back in the 30s? He wasn't great then? You're going to tell me Jim Thorpe won one of the greatest Olympians ever because of when he did it? And the people's going, you're going to tell me Jesse Owens wasn't the fastest human on earth because of when he did it in the time frame of when it was around? Bro, no, 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 no. Greatness is greatness in any kind of level. There's a reason Red Auerbach is who he is. There's a reason Bob Cousy who he is, Sam Jones, and all those kind of guys are who they are because they were great in their era, dude. It wasn't just because of, nobody talks about baseball this way. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's a respect in there. Everybody like, oh, man, the Babe Ruths and the A.R., they were amazing and all this other stuff, man. Because you, you're just honoring the greatness of it. You see it in that era and you honor the greatness of it. And that's fine. But it has to be like, it's like that for every single sport. You don't say that stuff about Jim Brown. You know what I'm saying? Show me the cats who did it then. Why are these records still here? You know what I'm saying? Like, did show, why wasn't nobody doing that? Where where the, you know, the, 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 the Kalamazoo clowns, you know what I'm saying, that was out there. <laughs> Dominate that, that you know eight in a row. <laughs> That's what I'm yeah, right. You know what I mean? Show me them teams, bro. Point them teams out to me that were doing that on that level. Show me who else was averaging 22 rebounds a game. You know what I'm saying? Who else was doing that? And the people you point to are going to be all-time greats. I yeah. promise you. Yeah. Uh shout out to Geo in the comments. This is cool. Who said Bill Russell RIP legend? I actually lived near the Olympic Village where Bill and Team USA stayed when they destroyed their opponents in the 56 Olympics. Wow. Oh, wow. Very cool. Shout um, out, Gio. That's cool, man. There's plenty more to say about Bill Russell, uh, and I want to talk a little bit more about the impact he had off the court, and I'm sure you do too, Big Dave. Sure. So we will do that coming up next. But first, today's episode brought to you guys by our great friends at PointsBet. The best way to support CHGO is to download that PointsBet app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you will get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. That's so many dollars. <laughs> but that's not it. If you make a $50 more first-time deposit, you'll also receive a free membership to CHGO. 
which unlocks all of our amazing web content, all of our written content by all of our credentialed reporters and journalists covering all of your favorite teams here in the great city of Chicago. You'll even get a free shirt of your choice from that CHGO locker. That's $2,000 of free bets, free CHGO membership, and a free shirt from the CHGO locker, all for just making a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet, which is your home for live in-play betting, and it just got even better. If you see an edge in the game you're watching, maybe your team is primed for a comeback. Don't just watch the game. Bet along with it live. More live betting, more live markets, and faster live cash outs. Cha-ching! Download the PointsBet app right now and use promo code CHGO. What are you waiting for? It's time to elevate your live betting game. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Will the thrill's not here, so Big Dave, you gotta finish it for us. Tell him what to do. You live your bet life. Mm. Just like Big Dave at a Vegas roulette table. Yeah. (laughs) And because Will's not here, he can't sit there and, and talk to us about the thing he loves the most that he puts in his body every single day that keeps that hair perfectly quaffed and that skin just right glistening in the sun. And I am talking about that athletic greens, those 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods or superfoods, those probiotics. And of course, oh my God, of course, the adaptogens Mm. to help start your day right. That special blend of ingredients that support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, your focus, and your aging. And it don't really cost you nothing, y'all. It's less than $3 a day. That is cheaper than a tank of gas, all right? Oh, you are investing in your health, and it's cheaper than that cold brew habit, too. All right, cheaper than getting all them different supplements yourself. You're investing in that all-in-one nutritional insurance. It's vegan. It's dairy-free. It's gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, and they do it all while tasting so good. You know, when they brought Matt all the packs up to CHGO again, and I grabbed a couple, and I took them to my friend, and she is just uber excited because her daughter loves Athletic Greens, and she was so excited when she walked in that door carrying some of them Athletic Greens, man. So even the youth are making sure that they're correct on that Athletic Greens too, y'all. And you can do this too. And to make it easy for you, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of that immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash C-H-G-O Bulls. That's athleticgreens.com slash C-H-G-O Bulls to pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Because it's Athletic Greens. You scoop it, you dump it, you shake it, you drink it. In your face. Feel it. <laughs> what up, Tevin? Thanks for popping in. Uh, okay, so Bill Russell, um, RIP to the basketball legend, but also Big Dave, you could easily make the argument that his impact off the court was even greater than yeah. the wildly impressive career he had on the court. A uh, yeah. couple of things that that I'll I'll toss your way, and then and then you can take it in whatever direction you want to go. Sure. Bill Russell was noteworthy in the advancement of African-Americans in the world of sports in North America um, for a variety of reasons. He was part of the first all-black starting five lineup, which was a big deal. Some younger NBA fans may not know this, but especially with that Boston Celtics team of back in the heyday, 
And when Bill Russell was there, there were a few other very talented African-American players. There was a big pushback on, well, we can't have more black players playing than white players playing like that. No, <laughs> this is fair. A, that's not fair. And it's like, well, all, all the black players are the more talented ones. So, yeah, we're going to play. Bill was a part of that movement. He was the first black head coach in any North American professional sport. Not just the first black coach in the NBA. The first yeah. black coach in any pro sport in North America. Yeah. Also led Mississippi's first integrated basketball camp. Yeah. He led the protest uh, among of uh, his fellow players in Lexington, Kentucky in 1961 mm -hmm. when for that when they were in Lexington for an exhibition game before the NBA season and they were refused service at a Lexington restaurant. And then, of course, when Muhammad Ali said, hell no, I'm not going to Vietnam. Mm -hmm. I am refusing to be drafted. He was there at that press conference supporting Muhammad Ali, along with Jim Brown, mm -hmm. um, along with Martin Luther King Jr. Mm -hmm. Every moment when it seemed like someone needed to stand up and be a voice, there was Bill Russell. Even as recently as the... Players in the NFL taking a knee, led by Colin Kaepernick, to uh, to you know to peacefully protest social injustices and police brutality in this country. Bill Russell, who was 85 years old or whatever at the time, made a Twitter account just for the sake of posting a picture of him kneeling in support of Colin Kaepernick mm. and those NFL players. <laughs> decades and decades of him being at the forefront of the civil rights movement in this country. Mm. What he was for, for people, but black people specifically can't be overstated because like you mentioned, Matt, at that time he was doing it. It was revolutionary because those things didn't exist. Like you said, an all black starting five, what? And, and a coach, what? And he did it, Matt, at a time where being black and being a man was frowned upon. And Bill Russell was a grown-ass man when he went out there and he did it. The way he carried himself, you know what I'm saying? How dare he come out there and just, you know, say what's right and say what's on his mind. You know, have an opinion, you know what I mean? And not fall in line with something and not kowtow to nothing and actually just stand up, you know what I mean? And just, and, and spoke so eloquently when he said all these things to you. He wasn't no dude who was just always yelling at you, but he told you the damn truth when he was speaking it to you, man. I was reading something, because, um, you know, all these amazing stories come out, you know what I mean, about Bill Russell. And this, is, this, this was told by his daughter about the things that they were dealing with when, when they were, you know, in Boston during that heyday, during that time. This is what they were talking about. She said one night they had come home from a three-day weekend, found their home had been robbed. It had been trashed, like the N-word. had been spray-painted all over the place, stuff, trophies destroyed, things ripped up. They say their parents pulled back their bed and found that the people defecated in their beds, bro. You know what I'm saying? This is what you're dealing with. So every time they said, she says every time the Celtics went out of town, vandals would come up and tip over their garbage cans. Every time. Every time he went on the road. Somebody would come tip his garbage cans. When when <laughs> they said Bill Russell went to the police station to complain, the police told him that raccoons were responsible. So when he said raccoons were responsible, Bill Russell asked where he can apply for a gun permit. The raccoons never came back. Miracle. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And 
the articles that he wrote because he didn't just speak it. He wrote about it all the time. You know, mm-hmm. he wrote about speaking about about racism and, and what's going on and the ridiculousness of it. And she told this story about one time she said this is the only time they were really, really scared as a family, which, again, is talking about the strength of Bill Russell. And she said that's the only time because I just told you that people were taking dumps in his bed. You know what I'm saying? And, and writing the N-word everywhere all over his stuff. And they still had no fear. But she said this is the only time they were really scared. He wrote an article about racism. You know what I'm saying? And he even earned the nickname Felton the X. You know what I'm saying? Because of it. They said they received threatening letters. Parents notified the FBI. And what she found most telling about this is that years later, when Congress passed the, the Freedom of Information Act, you know, when, when they can release all these things from the FBI and you can just go ask for it. It was like her father requested an FBI file and found that he was Bill Russell, that he was repeatedly referred to in those articles as an arrogant Negro who would not sign autographs for white children. This is the FBI. If his stuff is being destroyed. He's the one that's being victimized. He's the one that's being messed with. He's the one like, let me speak out about it. He's arrogant. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's, he's getting on our nerves like that. It's the FBI, bro. It's the government telling you that. Bigger than basketball is my point about yeah. this, man. Basketball yeah. is what he stood on, but it was way bigger than that. He was taller than what he was. You know what I'm saying? He stood on so many wonderful things, man. And he combated so many things. And that's why you can't really look at too many iconic uh, pictures of athletes during that time and not see Bill Russell in there when they're standing right. up for their rights. Boom. Right on cue. Thank you, Joey. Thank you, Joey. Great picture of him there with Muhammad Ali and then Lou Alcindor, now Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, the, uh, the other very, uh, I think, noble thing, uh, about Bill Russell that many NBA fans, casual fans might not be aware of is that I mentioned he was inducted into the NBA Hall of Fame as both a player and a coach. Mm-hmm. He was inducted as a player first, obviously. He was inducted in 1975. Here's the thing. He refused to go to that induction ceremony in 1975, and he refused to accept his Hall of Fame ring mm-hmm. because he felt there were other African-American athletes who were more deserving of being in the Hall of Fame than he was and that he was not going to openly and publicly consider himself a member of the Hall until at least some of those players Hmm. were also honored and recognized. So it wasn't until 2019 when Chuck Cooper, first black player in the NBA, broke the color barrier in the NBA in 1950, was finally inducted into the NBA Hall of Fame that that Bill Russell accepted his ring and officially acknowledged being in the Hall of Fame. Mm. I mean, talk about walking the walk when you're trying to make the 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 issues and make the discussion about so much more than you and anything other than you, but about the community, about society as a whole saying, mm-hmm. Hey, I'm, I may have done wonderful things on the basketball court, but I don't want to be in your little club. If your little club is still discriminating against my people. Facts facts. And that's the beauty of, of Bill Russell, man, always brought it back to that and made you look at it. And I hate it when people would say, man, he would make you, uh, he would, he would even make you uncomfortable because he was unflinching. I'm like uncomfortable. You know what he was dealing with? 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Him just telling you what the truth is of what's going on is not uncomfortable. The fact you have to sit and listen to it, you might feel that way, but think about what he's dealing with yeah. and our people are dealing with on a daily damn basis that he's speaking out about. That's what the beauty of Bill Russell, man, is, Matt. And to do it at, at a height that he was just added something more to it. You know what I'm saying? So to be that tall and that big, but but not be timid, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Well, no timidness in Bill Russell. If he ain't want to sign your autograph, he wasn't signing your autograph. He ain't like you. He would tell you he ain't like you. You know what I'm saying? But he always had respect. And that's why when you see him, like, other players and things like that, and other people, not even just players, but people, just talking to him, they, there's a level of respect. There's never, hey, Bill. You know what I mean? You don't say that. It's Mr. Russell. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When you talk about him or you call him Mr. 11. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's those kind of things when you speak to Bill Russell. There's a reason... Uh, that's the reason he got the presidential medal of freedom. You know what I'm saying? That's the reason he's got these things, man. He's being, he is one of the greatest humans who ever walked the face of the earth. And that's why I wasn't sad when he right. passed because of all the things that he done. Now we get to hear more awesome stories about him. And now we get to mytholo- uh, mythologize him even further and even right. more so, and even more deservedly so just because of the greatness that he was. And, man, I just want to mention this one more thing because this always blows my mind about Bill Russell basketball-wise. Bill Russell was 6'9", bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Bill Russell was not 7 feet. He was 6'9". Remember I talked about all the time you got to be special to be 6'9", to be center. That's what I'm talking about. He's 6'9", mm-hmm. dealing with Wilt Chamberlain. Right. Come on. <laughs> Undersized center like 60 years before that was even a thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean? Come on, bro. Not. Insane. The, all of the NBA players of today's generation, LeBron James, you know, Chris Paul, whoever it might be, who are using their platforms to speak their voice, to refuse to shut up and dribble. Mm-hmm. It's because Bill Russell did what Bill Russell did. Um, yeah. And any sports fans who think, why do we still talk about this kind of stuff? Uh, you know, r- like any, anyone who d- dare even try to make the claim like oh like racism isn't an issue anymore in this country like that was a long time ago bill russell and all the things that you just described him and his family enduring bill russell being abused by celtics fans while he was winning them championships this was not this was not that long ago folks this was the generation of of my parents of of your parents dave we are only a generation removed of him standing up for much much worse but guess what that kind of stuff is still going on. It yep. may be more dog whistled than it used to be. And well, hey, guess what? In recent times, dog whistle's gone. And now there are certain people in this country who are just using a megaphone again to talk about their very racist views and about how uh, athletes uh, and especially athletes of color in this country shouldn't have a voice, that they should shut up and dribble. Hmm. No. I mean, the fact that these NBA players of today have the confidence and the willingness to speak on these issues is because of players who came before them and especially a, a player and a person like Bill Russell. Very well said. Very, very, very well said because you have to see somebody do it first to give yourself that encouragement that you can. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It has to come before you, like like a parent. You know what I mean? Like it has to come before you before you can sue it. So everybody saw Bill do it and do it the way he did it. It allowed everybody to speak, speak up now, you know what I mean? Because now you're just looking back and then you don't want to, let Bill down at the same time. You know what I mean? Right. You know, he's still looking, you know, he's still checking on you. You know what I mean? There's many 
conversations that players say now where Bill would just call them out the blue just to check on them and say what's up to them and speak to them. You know what I'm saying? And talk to them. That stuff means something, man. That stuff means something. That lets you know that kind of man that that dude is, man. Like supremely respected Bill Russell, man. Um, you know, we, we kind of opened that conversation about the, the whole goat conversation and what Michael accomplished versus Bill accomplishing on the court. Mm-hmm. Michael issued a official statement on the passing of Bill Russell. Joey, do we have, uh, that quote from, from Michael about the passing of Bill Russell? Here it is. Bill Russell was a pioneer as a player, as a champion, as the NBA's first black head coach and as an activist, he paved the way. It set an example for every black player who came into the league after him, including me. The world has lost a legend. What an mm-hmm. awesome photo that is. My goodness. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Look at that. Mm. Man, dude, there's a reason stuff is named after him now in the NBA. There's a reason that award is named after him, man. It's not just because his greatness as a player, but his greatness as who he is. Because he's Bill Russell. He's who everybody's trying to live up to, man. That's what it is, bro. So. Indeed. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, that, that torch is passed and, and that, um, that mantle is passed from a player like Bill to a player like Michael Jordan, from mm-hmm. a player like Michael Jordan to a player like DeMar DeRozan, who we're going to talk mm-hmm. about next. Um, he had a very fascinating conversation with Draymond Green on the Draymond Green show late last week, Big Dave. Mm-hmm. Uh, they covered a lot of ground uh, about DeMar's recent transition from the Spurs to the Bulls, about the recent passing of his father, about the season the Bulls just went through, about the season individually that DeMar DeRozan had. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, we can start in a lot of different areas. Where do you want to start about what you found to be the most captivating part of this conversation that Draymond and his pal DeMar DeRozan had last week? Oh, man. Um, I, I kind of want to start where he was talking about uh, – his father. I, I want to start there. And, and quick, uh, somebody asked about a documentary. There is a Bill Russell documentary called uh, My Life, My Way. Like it's on YouTube. You can watch it on YouTube. It's free. You can watch it. Uh, it's there. There you go. Um, but the reason I wanted to start there is I've heard him speak about his dad in, in these things. And shout out to Draymond Green for, for having this platform and getting this out. Because honestly, I'm going to be real, man. I don't like listening to Trayvon Green talk. I don't. I don't like listening to him talk. But the more I got into this, I, I understood why he does what he does because of the relationships that he has with guys. He's able to bring certain things out. You know what I mean? And I and I appreciate him for that. I really do. The way DeMar says some things about his father just reminded me of my own. And that's what it hit me as. When, when he said that my father's the only man I ever feared, that's exactly how I feel. You know what I mean? How I felt about my dad. That was the only person I ever feared. Only man, I should say, I, I ever feared. All the way up until his passing, he still had that. And it was not just, I'm scared of you. It was a, man, I don't want to let you down. You know what I'm saying? Man, I want to live up to this because he was a giant. You know what I mean? I was a giant, bro. And so I felt him on it. And when he said he's the youngest son, you know, I'm the youngest son. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so I understood all of that. When, when he spoke about that and and the pain that he went through when his father passed, because I went through that same thing. You know what I mean? That that depression, that sadness. You know what I'm saying? I, it, I went through it. I don't know how long he was there, but mine was for maybe a, maybe a month or two. It was like that. It wasn't it wasn't good. Luckily, I I had some people around me. You know what I'm saying? To help pull me out of that. The girl I was dating at the time was was a big help uh, for that because I, I was really <laughs> I was really going through it. It wasn't easy. 
Um, but yeah, man, like hearing him speak on that and just what that meant to, and also how it grew him. And that saying he came up with, like, make the negative, you know what I'm saying, make sense. You know, I'm paraphrasing that, but that's right. kind of what he yeah. said. Make the negative make sense. And him saying that, man, I, oh, man, I, I, that made so much sense to me when he broke it down in that kind of way. You know what I mean? And it said a lot to me about him just as a man, you know what I'm saying, as a person, as a human being. Because he was like, yeah, I'm dealing with this and I'm going through it. But I'm going to go through it and I'm going to come out the other side of it at the same time. You know what I mean? Because the pain, like you said, is never going to really go away. You know what I mean? Because he was like, I've been through the worst. You know what I mean? I lost my father. So bad days you know, aren't going to last. You know what I'm saying? He's like, what is going to last is that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? What's not going to last is this bad week I'm having. So I can come mm-hmm. out the other side, you know what I'm saying, be better for that. That that did something for me. And I gained some knowledge from him from that. And that, and that meant a lot to me for him to open up. You know what I'm saying? Even further about that and, and speak on that. Yeah, and it's just one of the many examples of how DeMar was sort of one of the the forerunners of professional athletes in this country speaking openly about mental health and uh, and mental illness and the fact that everyone sees these pro athletes as these untouchable, unflappable, you know, beings and assume that, hey, they are celebrity they are wealthy mm-hmm. what what could they possibly have to be unhappy about in their lives right. Right. and you know along with players like kevin love and a few others demar Derozan was one of the first to openly talk about the fact that he's dealt with depression in his life yeah yeah um yeah. and certainly when he was going through you know the, the final months of of his father when his father was ill and then after his father passed being something that had him down of course, is is understandable and relatable to anybody who is mm-hmm. who has lost a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, what I found uh, maybe just as interesting is when he was talking about his decision and his process this past off season, going through free agency, and that when in the first few days it looked yeah. like maybe he didn't have the options he thought he might have. Yeah, that that got him down and depressed, mm-hmm. and, and like and and. And not just like, oh, shucks, like I thought I was going to get a bunch of offers. Like he was talking about it like he was down in the dumps and what could not be cheered up in any way. He's, you know, I kept myself shut in my room, lights off, shades drawn. Like I was I was bummed out. I was pissed off. I was in a bad place about something that some might see as trivial as, well, a professional athlete who's made plenty of money is having an offseason where he is a free agent and maybe not as widely quartered as he expected to be. I thought that was interesting that he admitted to something like that having such an effect on his mental health, Dave. Absolutely, Matt. And what I also found amazingly telling about this, and I'm glad we're having this session because this it just reminds me, Matt, about you and I when we were this happened when I first got on locked on with you. And and the stuff we this these are basically the same conversations we were having. Because remember how me and you could not understand and couldn't fathom how people kept saying he was the worst signing of the offseason. And we were actually putting out feelers. Like, right. dude, come on our show and tell us why you think this. Because <laughs> am I dumb? I kept questioning myself. Like, am I stupid? Like, what am I missing here that you that you think this dude, you know what I'm saying, is the, that guy? So to know that he saw that too. And like you said, it got him down. It got him depressed. But at the same time, it got him angry got him upset 
and he took that, like you said, take that negative, you know what I'm saying, to make make it it something that make it sense. And he took that and he made it make sense. So now you know why he probably had the year he had with us in Chicago because he Mm -hmm. was playing with the ultimate chip on his shoulder. Like he was saying, he was like, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say nothing. I'm just going to work my ass off and I'm going to get better and I'm going to show you when I get out there on that floor. And oh my God, did he show everyone when he got out there on that floor. One thing that was said, Matt, that I thought was cool that Draymond said was he was like, this is the first year where I thought that you stepped into being that guy. And that was so true. Watching him this year was the first year you were like, oh shit, DeMar DeRozan. You know what I mean? Like, he's that dude. He really is that guy. That This was that year because we know what the narratives were previously about him. You know what I mean? Well, he was in Toronto. Uh, he can't do it like that. He's cast off San Antonio. Uh, he's just down there with Pop. He's going to, you know, twirling and, you know, like the tumbleweed in San Antonio. And then he gets here and he's the worst <laughs> signing of the free agency. And he just smashed all of that, Matt. You're absolutely right. I mean, smashed it. And then when people complained about the contract and all mm-hmm. that other stuff, you know, I mean, he killed and destroyed and literally stepped on it until it died. You know what I'm saying? Like, And it was amazing that he did it here in Chicago. And I'm so happy he plays here for the Chicago Bulls, man. Like, just makes me feel good that he's here. But to know that he went through that, Matt, yeah, you're right. To know that he went through that and admit it, that he went through that and admitted that it had a real effect on him. Like you said, I didn't even see the daylight for days, bro. Right. Like that's, that's depression, man. You know what I'm saying? That's real depression. But yeah, I'm glad how it worked out for him. I'm glad he's here. You sometimes wonder how much certain professional athletes, especially star athletes pay attention to what's said about them in in media and, and, you know, talking heads kind of shows. And that was part of his conversation with Draymond is him mentioning that very commentary from last offseason after the news was official that he was joining the Bulls. Here it is. Thanks, Joey. I remember when I signed with Chicago, and it was worst free agent signing. And I was like, that's what you feel about me? So it was a vengeance, not just for myself, but for anybody who gets put in that situation. Because it's so easy to fall victim to the bullshit that put that's put on you that is so false. Mm. That is... I think a great example of what you're saying, Dave, that DeMar discussed of taking something that either makes you sad or angry or whatever it is that's Mm -hmm. a negative and applying it in some way that makes sense and makes sense in a way that could even be, as DeMar is saying here, constructive. Like, okay, y'all think I was the worst free agent sign in the offseason? Cool. I'm going to show you that I wasn't and not by a long shot. And I'm not just going to do that for myself and my own ego and my own confidence, but for anybody out there who is doubting themselves because others are doubting them. Mm-hmm. I mean, what what an incredible and valuable lesson and show of support for DeMar to say, I didn't just do that for myself, because I'm sure that there are plenty of people out there struggling with self-confidence issues of, in a variety of ways who may have been inspired by the fact that I was told you're washed up. You're over the hill. You you can't be that player. You could never be that player. You were never that player. I'm going to show everybody, no, I'm about to have my best season ever and give anybody out there who's struggling with something similar the hope and the belief that they can, even if there are people telling them that they can't. 
that's what's so wild about that quote. And so, and by wild, I mean dope, is the fact he's including others. You know what I'm saying? In that he didn't just make it a personal thing for him. He was like, no, I'm doing this for everybody. You know what I'm saying? Now I'm taking on all that and I'm gonna do this for all of them. All of us are about to come up together just off of what I do on here, man. So yeah, that that was great. And and I and I appreciated him for for even just like you said, for even just being that honest, man, and being that straight up about it and admitting it. That was that was a great thing. And yeah, he definitely had some other things that that uh I'm sure we're gonna touch on in a second that that he that he spoke yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> kind of talking about uh, what it felt like to be taking and making big shots in the United Center this past season. Uh, before yep, we get to that juicy stuff, though, Big Dave, give one more shout out to our friends at PointsBet, would you please? Oh, a shout out they shall get because if you enjoy CHGO, one way to continue to help us to grow that rhyme is to download that PointsBet app and use that code CHGO when you sign up because not only are you getting those two, count on one, two risk free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all that awesome web content, and you'll even get a free T-shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. And if you're here in this beautiful state of Illinois, in this wonderful city of Chicago, where I don't know what the weather is outside because I've been inside in a cool 73 degrees, baby, chilling in the hurls. You can download that points bet app right now and register your account from start to finish. And you can do it all from your phone. You'll be signing up with the fastest sports book easier than ever. So you can start living your bet life when in seconds. So what are you waiting for? Because once that game starts, you don't just bet. Matt Pat, what do you do? Well, you live at your bet life, of course. Of course. You know, I was going to pass it to Joey, but I, I wasn't sure he was ready. I want to show he's ready for the pass. I ain't want to put him out there like that. I'm always ready, Big Dave. I'm always ready. Always, he's always ready. ready. Look at him. Look at him. Always ready. He was ready. I got you there next time, Joe. I got you, bro. I got you. Um, because <laughs> <shout> out- <laughs> <laughs> we know that you do. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, well, speaking of uh, what we're about to get to with Demar's comments about. Um, how he feels playing in you know the 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 stadium MJ built essentially. Mm-hmm. Here's Justin with a tr- with a transition. LMAO Demar doesn't play defense. How is he carrying Jordan's legacy? Oh Lord, Mm-mm. have a good day. <laughs> Thank, thanks, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for stopping by. And uh, Adam, I see that comment uh, that you have there about uh, how Demar speaking about his father's passing helped you get through yours. And thank you for sharing that. That's very cool. That's word. Um, stuff like that, man. You get stuff like that when, exactly. when you're honest about yours, pain, you know? So uh, Demar asked, or, or Demar was asked by Draymond about what it was like to put on that Bulls jersey and play in the United Center because Draymond said when he in his NBA career has played, you know, only once a season, but every season they go and they play one game Bulls Warriors at the UC that when he hears that music and that intro, he feels like MJ about to take the court. So, you know, that, that is something that's not just Bulls fans who get jacked up for, for that. I mean, it is iconic and, Mm -hmm. and it will stand the test of time as being iconic when it comes to, you know, NBA lore. Right. And so he asked Demar what it felt like to be doing that for you know 
41 home games this past season. And Jamar admitted to being humbled by it um, and, and being moved by it. Joey, do we have that quote from Jamar who said, this is great. And the funniest part is that Dave, you and I were at this game. Yes. The moment <laughs> I really realized you got to bring it every single night in that arena. We were playing the Knicks. I took the game winner. I airballed. I felt mm-hmm. like I disrespected the aura of what these fans are used to seeing from MJ hitting game winners. You live for those moments. I told myself I would never be in that situation again to let that same feeling happen for these fans. Uh, and then I think he continued on. Um, but uh, I mean, I, the, the fact that Dave, you and I were at that game, it was like the fourth or fifth game of the season. And the bulls had a chance. DeMar took the yeah. last shot. Like Zach Levine threw his hands up. Cause he thought it was going in. Everybody thought it was going in air ball. And the yeah. fact that it was that moment of failure that was the light bulb moment for DeMar being like, oh, shit, I can't ever fail like that again. Because Bulls fans, they're used to MJ hitting that shot and hitting that shot every time. Dude, every single time. Joey, did you want to put that second part back up again so Matt can finish that? Here you go right there. It, okay, yeah. So here, here is his final thoughts on that. It was from that game where it was like, every shot I take in the clutch, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it count every single time. So you look back at all the moments I had in that arena, and it was like, I'm trying to inherit the ghost of Michael shooting this fadeaway with the clock running down. <laughs> I carried that to heart after that moment. And look, mm-hmm. MJ talked all the time about how he had that famous quote about, you know, I've been asked such and such number of times to take the, the last second shot, the winning shot, and missed. I've lost this many games. I've lost this many. And that is why I, I failed over and over again in my life. And that is why I mm-hmm. succeed. Paraphrasing mm-hmm. that famous MJ quote. But right. it's great that DeMar kind of is seeing that same line of logic and that same train of thought to say, I, I can't. I can't fail because yeah. I know how much it means to these fans because they saw MJ succeed all the time. And it, it, like, it's not like MJ hit every single game winning shot ever. Right. He admitted exactly. to missing lots of them. But the fact that DeMar missed that one so early in the season mm-hmm. and then proceeded to have just this ridiculously <laughs> dominant season that included several game winning plays, yeah. not just the back to back actual buzzer beaters mm-hmm. against the Pacers and the Wizards spanning New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, because those were epic, but so many other games, mm-hmm. the man's nickname became King in the fourth for crying out loud, Dave. Right. And the stats backed it up on top of that, because you've seen those stats flying around now, Matt, about clutch points, points in the fourth quarter and all those things. And DeMar DeRozan is at the top you know what I'm saying? of those of those stats that come out uh, with that. And they talked about that, too, on the show. Uh, Draymond Green uh, spoke about that, too, to him, about points scored uh, in, in the fourth quarter in the clutch. Which is uh, when it's under five minutes is when when the clutch is. And Demar Derozan was number one by a mile. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's just what he did. And you're right, Matt, because we were at that game. That was the Joe Kim Noah night that that we were at that game. And I just remember the Bulls were getting beat. That was also the game Patrick Williams got injured. Same mm-hmm. game. And the Bulls getting beat, and they made that run in that fourth quarter. And you just felt that energy pick up. I'm high fiving everybody around me. Matt's high five. Like we're going crazy. Like. It was so much fun that it just felt like that win was coming. 
in, in that fourth quarter. And we thought it was going to Zach. And again, this is like fourth game. This is we're all new to Demar. You know what I mean? We're all brand new to him. So we're like, give Zach the basketball and let's do it like that. And Demar was like, no, I got it. We kind of like a collective, you know, hold your breath, like, oh my goodness, he's he's taking this. You know, when he went up with the shot, it looked good from where we were sitting, and it was on target, it was just short, and and he didn't hit anything, and it was a little deflating, you know. It's like, oh man, damn, you know, because you wanted to win it, you know, joking Noah night. Our time there, you know, we met all these fans. Yeah, like it was it was a great time, and you just wanted to cap that off with a victory. But at the same time, I was thinking about Demar. I was like, man, I hope he doesn't carry this. And immediately in the press conference, he was like, eh, it happens. <laughs> you know, he was like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'll take that shot again. You know what I mean? I'll do it again and again and again. I was like, yeah, that's the attitude you're supposed to have. And you're right, Matt. After that, just I mean, went on an absolute tear. And like you said, it's not just those two buzzer beaters. The one that comes to mind is when that Lakers game they played at the UC when he cooked them all in the fourth quarter when LeBron mm-hmm. was on him and he was hitting them clutch buckets, man. Cooking cats in that fourth quarter. That's why you love him, man, so much. And yeah, like he's he the greatness we talked about a lot with Bill Russell again, and the mythology again is applies here as well because he's talking about the ghost of Michael Jordan, and Mike's still here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's talking about just his ghost of the United Center and you know feeling that aura like oh my god y'all watch the greatest player to ever do it here I've got to live up to this I can't give y'all this bull and this boo-boo he didn't mm-hmm. talk about the trash we've been through for the past five years he didn't mention none of that stuff right there all right. he wanted to do was talk about the goat and live up to that and he and he did uh, his best to live up to that Matt because he was impeccable this season man he was impeccable and and look some bulls fans or some viewers and listeners thinking like like isn't it kind of weird for you guys and for demar to be using that like oh inheriting the ghost of mj and making that comparison it is not i don't think from demar a braggadocious thing at all exactly it is saying i know what that man did in this building and i know that it will live forever in nba lore Mm -hmm. and i'm trying to as best I can provide that same level of competition and willingness to take those shots in those moments, the way that MJ was willing to, because look, as much as we all, not we all, as much as some of us in Bulls nation love and appreciate everything Zach Levine has done to bring this team back to respectability at the very least. I think one fair critique of Zach in recent years is in crunch time moments, he has come up shy. If it's, we need a big bucket down the stretch. You got Zach with a loose ball turnover. You got Zach taking and missing maybe a bad shot an ill-advised shot. The, The tape is there. The evidence is there that Zach in his years as a bull has not been great in those late game clutch situations DeMar DeRozan showed up and in year one was like oh this is the house that MJ built oh <laughs> is it a five point margin or less with five minutes or less to go in the fourth quarter cool give me the damn rock and I'm gonna yes. win this the freaking game yes. and you cannot debate that he did exactly that more often than not this past season the joy that he brought and and the the safetyness and I know that's not a word <laughs> but the safety that he brought to them because we were like the fourth quarter, few points left. Well, I know who we giving the ball to. 
that that Memphis game that we went to, that the Bulls honestly had no business being in. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they were getting destroyed. Java Rant put on a show. Who was the reason they went in that game? It was, it was Demar. When he got to that fourth quarter, it was Demar. You know what I mean? He's the one that missed the shot. Remember, he got kicked out the game because he thought he got fouled right. on this on the shot. He got kicked out. He was about to win it again. You know what I mean? Like so. Yes, like he inherited that, and that's what he means. He he, and he was also giving fans, us fans, the credit as well, saying, "Y'all, I know what y'all are used to looking at, and I need to live up to that, and I'm going to live up to that. This is what I'm going to do." He's telling y'all he he gets what we watched. He understands what you looked at. You know you ain't never lost the finals. He knows you saw 63 points, 69 points, 18 rebounds. He knows what you looked at for all them years, all the legacy, the last dance, all of this. He's like, I got to live up to that for this team. And you're right, man. And the one thing about Zach Levine, too, we talked about the impact he had on him because you're right. He wasn't that clutch dude like that. But also, just remember, too, who was Zach Levine? Where was he in those fourth quarter uh, clutch points? He was damn sure in that top 10 as well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Zach Levine was right there, dog. So that picked him up as well. And that's what gets me excited for the Bulls again this season is because Zach has some time under him. Now DeMar knows what he's got to live up to. So again, mm-hmm. that continuity and all that stuff will come into play again this season. And I just can't wait to watch it, man. I can't wait to go out there and see it. That, uh, that kind of, uh, rings a bell to what Adrian said there in the comments. Uh, do you guys think people underestimate the impact DeMar will have on the improvement of other players offensive game? Mentioning DeJounte Murray crediting DeMar for helping him improve a lot. Maybe the ways in which Zach Levine was a better fourth quarter performer executed more successfully down the stretch of close games this past season was right up there along with DeMar and fourth quarter scoring across all NBA players had to do with DeMar's presence and maybe some of the conversations that DeMar and Zach had even before the season started once DeMar signed with the Bulls and they developed and built their friendship. DeMar talking to Zach a little bit about how he approaches those close late game situations because it's absolutely right. Adrian Zach Levine was a better fourth quarter performer this past season. There's no denying that DeMar's presence probably had a lot to do with that. (laughs) A lot. Um, that's it. Sadly, we are out of time that flew by. Um, funny when you're, you know, talking about legends like Bill Russell, Michael, Lamar. This is, this is a fun episode. We talked about a lot of different stuff. Um, plenty more coming up on deck on the CHGO sports YouTube channel. So don't change that dial. As people used to say back when dials were things that you used (laughs) on old televisions. Some of you may not even know what that phrase means. (laughs) We got CHGO bets at four 30. We got CHGO sky at five 30. We got white Sox pregame at six 30. Then after white Sox Royals, we got CHGO Sox post game we'll be back tomorrow with another fresh episode and then every day after that through the week it may be the down part of the nba calendar it may be the dead zone of the offseason but we here at chgo are here for y'all uh you can always follow us and interact with us on twitter i'm at bulls underscore peck big dave is at bwl sports we are at chgo underscore bulls and one more time there is that doodle that big Dave crew for all of you <laughs> lovely people. Somebody in the comments asked. They, they missed it at the beginning, so I'm just showing it again. That's all. And you were fooled, uh, man. <laughs> shout out to Blorange Tears for the super chat who said, bro, you Bulls fans are committed. Let's go, Nick. 
Best of luck to you. <laughs> hope hope our pal D Rose has a great season. Uh, until tomorrow for Big Dave and our producer Joey. I'm Peck. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Hit that thumbs up on YouTube. Subscribe to our CHGO Sports YouTube channel. See Red Be Good Bulls Nation. We're out.